Welcome to the Word from St. Andrews, the weekly preaching podcast of St. Andrews Baptist Church in Columbia, South Carolina. This is Pastor D. Vaughn. I pray that this week's sermon will help you experience a life-giving and life-directing message from God. Give these next few minutes to Him that you may hear the Word from St. Andrews. Look in your Bible to Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, we'll read verses 1 and 2 together. Continuing our study of ways God transforms us as his people. Today, thinking about the difference it will make in your life and mine if we welcome God to renew our minds. Hear God's word as we read it together. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I was attending a large Baptist meeting some years ago when across the way I could hear a child getting a bit restless. I couldn't blame him. I was getting restless too. The mom tried to calm her child, who obviously was bored to tears from reports and motions and amendments. But this little one reached the point at which he'd had enough. With that, the mom took her little one by the hand and headed for the exit to quiet the meeting hall, and give the poor child a break. Well, from where I was seated, I could see the faces of people watching this mom escort her child out of the Colosseum. One conventioneer, with arms folded, glared in anger at this parent and child as though to say, How dare you let a child misbehave in this holy coliseum? Take that hoodlum out behind the woodshed. That's what I saw on his face. The child passed by another face who grinned and looked at the little one with what I would call amused compassion. This messenger had a different message on his face. I imagined him saying, I don't know how you stood it this long. I'm bored too. At least you're honest about it. (laughs) Same child, same noise, same exit. Two very different reactions. Why? Because those two people had different minds. 
they had two very different ways of thinking about a bored, tired, noisy child. What do you think? Now, that's not just a request for your opinion. That's usually what those words mean. But when you ask that, you're gaining a glimpse inside yourself. And you're able then to measure how much or how little Christ has transformed your mind. As we continue looking at ways that Christ wants to do that work in us as His people, we're going to let these verses from Romans guide us in seeing how much is to be gained by welcoming Christ's work of renewing our minds. In this passage, Paul gives us the goal of Christian faithfulness. He says the goal is give yourself completely to Christ. As he begins this 12th chapter, here is the goal of Christian living. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Paul says, in light of what Christ has done for you, the mercy that He's shown you in sending His Son into the world to die and rise again so that through your faith in Him you might be saved. In view of that, remembering that, give God the sacrifice He most wants. Don't just give Him an animal slaughtered on an altar, a dead sacrifice. Paul might translate that into our day to say, don't give God just an hour of your week or the leftovers of your money. Give God yourself. Give God all of yourself. Give God a living sacrifice. Make your life holy, he says, set apart for God, not polluting it or wasting it on anything less. This, he says, is the heart of true worship. Worship isn't just giving God a song from the hymnal or an envelope in the plate or trying to stay awake during the sermon. Unless through these actions, you and I are giving ourselves to God. The goal of the Christian life is to give yourself, for me to give myself, completely to Christ. But as we pursue that goal, that calling, that mission, we run into a problem. The problem is, this world is pressuring you to conform. My friends on the tech team are going to help me show you a little illustration of this. I'll give you a little bit of background. Science teacher has students gathered around, as you'll see in the courtyard, and he has a 55-gallon drum, 220 liters if you've gone metric. He boils water in it, put a flame under the barrel, 
had some water in it and had it boiling and the steam was rising up out of it. And it was like a little smokestack going through the, the spout that was on the top of the barrel. And once it was going well and a lot of steam was coming out, he capped the barrel. And then he cools down the barrel with a hose, garden hose. And I want you to see what happens. Because there was nothing inside. You see, the, the steam pushed most of the air out of the barrel. Cap it off, no air can come back in. When he cooled it, some of that steam inside turned back into water, leaving a vacuum. Therefore, there was nothing inside, there was regular atmosphere outside, and the pressure on that barrel was enough to crush it like you would crush a Coke can. Isn't that amazing? I think that has a lesson for our spiritual lives, and that is that there are pressures outside us that are constantly pushing in upon us to conform to the ways of this world. And if we are empty, if we are empty of the knowledge of God and the knowledge of His truth by the renewing of our minds, then the world's pressure can crush us into the shape that it wants. This happens in a lot of different ways for us. We're pressured to measure life by the material and forget the spiritual. We get caught up in blaming other people for life's problems instead of seeking ways to join God in healing the broken world. We march together to the drumbeat of consumption instead of living as stewards of our Father's beautiful world. We sit around the dinner table and stare into our smartphones because we've confused being entertained with being alive. We get caught up in a culture that gains a moment of pleasure at the cost of a lifetime of fulfillment. We feel fret pressured to find approval by looking like models and acting like celebrities instead of living as the secure, beloved children of God. Christians, Paul says, are to stop allowing those pressures of the world to squeeze you into its own mold, he says. Verse 2, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. How? How can we stand faithfully against that pressure to conform? The answer he gives us is renew your mind. 
Now, we use the words change your mind to say that a person changes his or her opinion or choice or view of something. But here these words mean so much more. We need God to change the way we think, the way we perceive, the way we choose, the way we respond. And in those ways, transform our lives. Listen again to what he says as verse 2 continues. But instead of being conformed, instead of being crushed by the pressures of this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's think of some ways God wants to renew our minds. First this, God wants to renew your mind toward Him. In Luke chapter 8, we find the story of Jesus' encounter with a man who is in the grip of a great evil. His life is out of control and no one knows what to do to help him. People have chained him and put him under guard, maybe trying to keep his problems out of sight and out of mind. Of all the great truths you can find in this story, I want us to focus on just one. I want you to hear what this man says when he comes face to face with Jesus. Luke chapter 8, verse 28. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. He was afraid that God had come near to him through Jesus to torture him. The same thing so many people had done to him. Now, I've not known anyone who suffered in exactly the way this man did, but I've known many people who suffer because they believe that God is somehow out to get them. They are, as Paul writes in another part of this Roman letter, slaves to fear instead of free through God's love. To every person who's burdened by this wrong thinking about who God is, the Scriptures offer us a new understanding, a mind transformed by the truth. One of the verses God has used to renew my mind toward Him is hidden away in the prophet Zephaniah's work. Zephaniah 3.17 says this, The Lord your God is with you. That means He's close to you. And it means He's on your side. He's not against you. He is mighty to save. He has power to work in your life. He will take great delight in you. God doesn't just tolerate you. He doesn't struggle to accept you. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with His love. He doesn't come to you to poke and prod you and, 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 and scare you into somehow being different. But he comes to you like, 
Like a parent comes to a crying baby and puts his hand on you and reassures you and soothes you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. It's so easy for me to sing to God and to sing about God. It takes a little while for me to get a handle on the fact that God might sing about me. And I hope it's not the blues, you know. He will rejoice over you with singing. Do you think of God that way? Do you experience God that way? We often use a part, passage from Numbers six as, a, 6 as a blessing or a benediction. We, we sing it many times. The Lord bless you and keep you. Verse 26 is a prayer that someone may have a life-changing experience. It says, may God show you his face and bring you peace. May God reveal himself to you. May you know him for who he truly is. And because you see his face, his true identity, and experience his love, you will live in peace. God wants to renew your mind toward him. He also wants to renew your mind toward life. When our family lived in Traveler's Rest, my son Andrew was our yard man and our trash man. Two jobs he has gleefully transferred back to Dad since he lives on his own now. But when we lived there, they didn't have garbage pickup out in the country, the hills and hollers where we lived. So every Friday or Saturday, he gathered up all the garbage from our home and hauled it to the dump in the back of his SUV on permanent loan from his mom, you know. Well, he had a complaint about that garbage hauling job. He said, when I ride a few miles with my car full of garbage, it stinks for several days. And he's right. And what's true about his car is true about your heart and mine. We can fill our hearts with garbage, focusing on the worst of things, Remembering a person's weakest moments or biggest mistakes. Stacking up a collection of times that others have hurt you or failed you. You can pile up that garbage and haul it around in your heart. But if you do, your life will stink. God wants to renew your mind toward life. So that you fill your life with better things. Paul tells the Philippians, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. One of my favorite writers coined a word I really like. He said he wants to be a good finder. He wants to see and celebrate and cultivate the good things in the world, in other people, and in himself. The world has more than enough trash collectors. 
Ask God to transform your mind toward life and make you a good finder. And then thirdly, God wants to transform your mind toward yourself. When Jesus was baptized, before he faced the temptations of the wilderness or the challenges of his earthly ministry, God said something to him at that moment of baptism, something to him and something about him. Find it in Matthew 3.17. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Before you and I can undertake our life mission for God, we must hear Him say that same thing about us. You are my child. I love you. My blessing, my favor rests upon you. Have you really heard God say that to you? Has His blessing transformed the way you see yourself now to know you're His beloved child? When it does, everything changes. Pastor and Professor Fred Craddock was in a city far from home. He had been there to speak in a symposium and His host had asked him if he could stay over until Sunday because they would get a big discount on his airfare home. So he did. So he got up early Sunday morning, went out from the hotel looking for a church, a place to worship. And three or four blocks from where he was staying, he found a little church. He said it was a simple building. He said it looked like maybe the people of the church had built a lot of it themselves, but it showed that they loved that church a great deal. He said it was simple but beautiful in that way. He went inside and sat down and he said in the next few minutes that little church filled up. And he said, wow, in this location, I'm I'm, I'm amazed. Why is the church so full? Then the, the choir came in and there came the pastor. He was a big man, about six foot four, about 300 pounds was Fred Craddock's guess. But he said without any unkindness, he said he walked funny. He said he looked more like he was falling forward than walking. He said his head was kind of misshapen. It just didn't look quite balanced, quite symmetrical. And he said his hair was just wild. It was just askew. And he kind of lunged his way up the steps and into the pulpit and said he turned and looked toward us through these very thick glasses that covered eyes that looked like they had a milky residue across both of them. He said when he spoke, it was though the words weighed 100 pounds apiece. He said his neck looked like he was straining to get the words out of his mouth. The time for the sermon came. Craddock said his sermon wasn't poetic, it wasn't prophetic, it certainly wasn't polished. But he said something was happening. He said, I felt the love flowing from this man's heart 
to the hearts of his people, and I felt their love for him echoing back as he preached. Back and forth, the whole service. He said when it was over, I decided I had to stay a while and find out what made this guy tick, because it was something very special. So he waited around as people filed past the pastor to say, you know, good sermon, good day. And, and he offered them words of friendship and encouragement and sometimes a word of pastoral care. And Craddock said he heard one lady go by and say, I wish I had known your mother. And he interpreted that to mean, if I had known the way you were raised, I might know the secret of why you're such a wonderful person and pastor. And he answered that woman, the pastor did, saying, My mama's name is Grace. The church finally emptied, and Craddock held up that pastor a little longer. They sat on the back pew and talked for a few minutes, and the man shared his story. He said, As soon as I was born, I was put up for adoption. But he said, Look at me. With my problems, no one chose me. I went from one foster home to another to another. That's the way I grew up. He said, when I was 16 years old and longing to find friends, I noticed that a group of young people in my community went to church. And I decided... I'm going to go there too and see if I can make some friends. If I can fit in a little. He said, so I went to church. And that's where I met Grace. Not a woman named Grace. He said, it's there that I met the grace of God. That grace has raised me and made me who I am. Has that happened for you? Have you heard that word of grace that it may transform your mind? Has it changed the way you see yourself so that you know you are God's beloved child with a mission to fulfill. God wants to change your life. And one of the best ways He does that is to transform your mind. Pray with me. Holy Father, change our minds. Change us from the inside out that we may be your people, your beloved children, and that we in the strength of that identity may have an impact on our community and our world. Speak to our hearts. Guide us forward in our journey with you. Amen.
We're going to sing together hymn number 493, Have Thine Own Way. This is your time. Your time to say, God has spoken to me today. He's touched me today. He's nudging me to take a step forward in my journey of faith. That could be to receive Christ as your Savior and Lord. It might be to make a new beginning with Him. It might be to say, I just see the need for God to change my mind, and I welcome His touch as He begins that process. However God is speaking to you, listen. Listen openly and honestly with your heart and follow where He leads. Let God change your mind today that you may see Him as your loving Heavenly Father, that you may see life as a gift and a miracle and an opportunity, that you may see yourself as God's beloved who's capable of fulfilling the mission he has for you in this world. Everything changes when God changes your mind. He lifts you up and lets you stand on higher ground. <laughs>